there was this organization that held a contest and they offered first prize to the one who they thought could give the best definition of a friend. I'll share the top five with you from fifth place down to first place. Fifth place, a friend multiplies joys and divides griefs. Number four, friends understand our silence. I thought that was a pretty good one. Number three definition, a volume of sympathy bound in cloth, as in a person in their clothes, or, you know, if, if I needed to explain that. Number, number two, a friend is like a watch which beats true for all time and never runs down. And the number one prize-winning definition of a friend, <clears throat> a friend is one who comes in when the whole world goes out. 1 Samuel 23, 16, we're going to look at one verse to talk about one man of the Bible tonight, and that man's name is Jonathan. We're not going to try to share everything about Jonathan's life. As we go through these characters of the Bible, there's maybe just one thing we hone in on so that we can remember or be refreshed by this person that we may not speak of in the Bible often. So who is Jonathan? Well, first of all, Jonathan is a friend. He is a true friend. And that's what I want us to remember tonight. You know, it's really, really good to have a true friend. I have a, I'm blessed with knowing a, a lot of Christians that are, that have been through a lot of life as a Christian. And, and they're the most lovable, most likable people. I would think they would have a thousand friends. But just about all of them say that they can count their true friends on one hand. You know, we, we have a lot of acquaintances. There's a lot of people we like. But when it comes to having true friends, it really is quite fewer than, than those we would call our, our acquaintances, uh, if you will. David had a true friend. We all know David. And David had this friend who we don't talk about as much, and his name is Jonathan. You know, we, we are all very familiar with King Saul being dethroned from being king of Israel. David was the appointed man by God to, to take over the throne. And we know that Saul became very envious. He became very jealous. And he hunted David for his life. He wanted to kill him. So David flees. 
And David goes to the rocks, to the caves, to the forests. And David's hungry. And, and David may not have anything to drink. And, and David goes without. And, and David is spiritually strained. He's actually growing. And God's doing something good. But he feels spiritually strained and drained. And, you know, you go through the Psalms. And so many of the Psalms are, are David you know, just longing for some relief or, or longing for, uh, you know, the presence of God in a, in a greater way, he would say, and things of that nature. But he was doing without as a result. Out, out, in, the, out in the woods, in the wilderness, on the run. David was in the furnace of affliction. He felt all alone sometimes. Of course, we know that the Lord was with him, but there was also someone else who came to David, and that was Jonathan. And the things we're going to share tonight are going to point out true friendship. And, and let me say this, David was a friend to Jonathan, just as Jonathan to David. But we're just going to focus on Jonathan's side of it for the most part tonight. Verse 16 of 1 Samuel 23, this one verse speaks of four people. And we've already kind of summed up a background here a little bit. And it says... And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. We're going to take a look tonight at how Jonathan is a fearless friend. He's a feeling friend. He's a faith friend. We, we need some faith friends. And he's a forgetful friend. That does not mean that Jonathan went south as a friend, by the way. You'll, you'll get it when we get there. Maybe I'll get it when we get there. But first of all, Jonathan was a fearless friend. Now this relationship between David and Jonathan, it actually started when David defeated Goliath. And he, he walked away in victory and, and who knows how many friends David made or so-called friends after that. I mean, David had favor with all the people. King Saul loved him at that time. And, and this just happens to be the time when Jonathan and David came into a relationship as friends. David was a hero. David was loved. But all that changed after Saul lost his kingship and it was appointed by God through Samuel to David. And Saul became angered, became furious with David becoming king. King Saul is the father of Jonathan. King Saul is furious and hunting David's life down. Jonathan and David are friends. Good friends. What a test. What a test for Jonathan. What did Jonathan do? 
Well, he pays David a visit. All the circumstances given, he pays David a visit. And it might just be the second most beautiful visit that's ever been made in the Bible. Here David was disgraced. David was pursued as though he was a wild beast now that was being hunted down. He goes from the hero to now the hunted. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the wood. That simply means he went to the wilderness. He went to the forest where David was. He passed the test. He passed the friendship test. Jonathan showed his loyalty to his friendship to David through danger. He, he loved his friend through the sunshine and the rain. He loved him whenever he was, was holding Goliath's head and walking around in victory and everyone was, was praising over it. And now he loves him and he's his friend when everything seems to be stacked against him. Jonathan risked his life to go visit his friend in the wilderness. David and Jonathan made covenants together, one to another, committing one to another as friends. I called my best friend Grady growing up. Grady and I grew up through elementary school together. And everywhere I went, he went. Everywhere he went, I went. We were best friends. We, we grabbed a knife one day and snuck it out of his mom's kitchen. And we went and cut ourselves and rubbed those cuts together. And we became blood brothers. We were serious about that friendship. We went and had football shirts made. And we didn't even have a team. But we were going to... Mom, our parents thought it was weird. We, we told them that there was a football league going on at the park. It, but, but it was really just us and our plans to start one. And we got our shirts with the same team. We named our mascot, don't remember it. We had our, our uh, names on the back and we had that iron-on number put on there. And we were going to be on the same team, no doubt, if this league started. We just wanted to make sure of that right then. That was the pact that we made. And we were good friends for a while, but you know, it, people move away and that fades. Oh, what Grady and I had, it, it was nothing compared to this covenant that was made between David and Jonathan and these covenants that they kept. A covenant that Jonathan would plead for David's safety and that David, once he assumed the throne, he would show kindness to Jonathan's family no matter what had gone on through all of this. It was dangerous for Jonathan to go out in the wilderness to this hunted man. But that was his friend. And so true friendship doesn't flinch at danger. Jonathan left his palace for the woods... To visit his friend, he did plead with his father for David's safety. And his father 
went to sling a spear at him as though intent to kill him over it. But Jonathan was a fearless friend. He was not only a fearless friend, he was a feeling friend. He truly sympathized with David with all that he had gone through, the ongoing troubles, the sorrow upon sorrow as David was continually hunted and continually on the run and and the destitute condition that he was in out there, he truly felt for his friend. He had a compassion for his friend. And I use the word feel with compassion, but feeling is not all of what compassion is. It it will move us into action when we're truly compassionate. Jonathan didn't send a letter from the palace with a servant out to the woods for David. He didn't send a message to him saying, let me know if there's anything that I can do. Jonathan went to David in the forest. We don't have a big account of everything that happened there. I'll, I'll wonder what happened there. I wonder if he walked with his friend through the forest. I wonder if he, if he, if he spoke to him or I, I wonder if he just listened. You know, that it might not have even been a time that he prayed with him. He can do a lot of good even though the formality of prayer together would or wouldn't take place. And, and did, he, did he preach to him kind of? Did he encourage him with the word of God? You know, what did he do? You know, I'm not sure what all he might have done, but just the presence of a friend can do, can do so much. God can use that in so many ways. Just, just the presence of, of Jonathan being there revived David. You know, I understand that sometimes we have to show that we care from a distance. We've been in a crazy situation for the past year and a half, and there have been some situations where there has been distance and there's been nothing that anyone can do about it. But I tell you, it's much harder than being in person to be that feeling friend, to show that compassion. It's, it's better in person with touch. And, and you think about Jonathan, and he was moved to, to go to him, to go to the presence of him, no matter what he was risking, no matter who might see him and how this might turn south, he was going to his friend. And, and you might just think about the conditions that they were in. Here you have a prince in Jonathan, and you could think of David as a peasant in his condition, but Jonathan wasn't a fickle friend, and it didn't matter what the situation was, he was a true friend to him. And his compassion wasn't just feeling, it moved him to go to him, but he was a feeling friend. He was a fearless friend, a feeling friend, and, and he was a faith friend. I tell you what, this was a divine appointment that took place between Jonathan and David. There was a holy purpose in this visit. The Bible says here that Jonathan arose and went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God. He may have prayed with him. He may have read scripture with him. 
but, but strictly speaking, it wasn't in Jonathan in and of himself who was able to do anything for David in that situation. And we can relate. We feel helpless with things that people are going through. We feel helpless to do something for them. But Jonathan went to him. He couldn't do anything in and of himself. I mean, he pleaded for protection for David, and he almost got killed doing so by his own father. But though he couldn't do anything, Jonathan went to David, and he assured him that God could. I mean, what was happening to David's faith in this? Through a struggle that he was going through. You know, what if we had to climb the wall that other Christians have had to climb? You know, where would we be in that situation? And people get into tough seasons of life and tough troubles and trials that they go through. And maybe his faith was waning and... and you know, Jonathan has this burden on his heart. David was no doubt in a situation that he thought was endless, that was never going to end, that he was bitterly disappointed, that he was experiencing sorrow after sorrow. And any Christian could weaken in the place that David was in. It's not okay. God's doing a good work in our life through difficult things, but it could happen to any Christian that they could become overwhelmed. And so Jonathan could very well have been thinking, David's really going down. Maybe he's going down fast, and I've got to get to him. Jonathan wasn't going to his friend for help. He was going to his friend to encourage him in the help that God could give him. To tell him that God can help and that it could make him a little stronger. That he could help to turn David from the pounding of his problems to the promises of God. He believed God and he took that faith and went to be used by God to encourage David. That God would work all of these things out in his right timing. That Jonathan had the faith. He believed that God had appointed David as king. And that God was going to make it work out in his good timing. That God would overcome all of Saul's schemes. You know, Jonathan was a faithful son but he didn't have a faithful father, even to the point that he was a faithful friend in hard times, reminding David and assuring him of God being in the midst of all that was happening, that God knew that there was a high and holy purpose for what was happening you know, he went to encourage him. And, and, and as I say all these things and think about all of these things that, that probably or could have taken place, it wasn't necessarily with a lot of words. You know, what does it take to be a true friend to someone in need? I, I can't forget the old saying I heard that a friend in need is a friend indeed. 
And someone said, by the looks of this world, a friend is some a friend in need is someone to stay far away from. That's the attitude of many. Or many might think to themselves, I just wouldn't know what to say. I don't have the right words. I'm not adequate. What can I do? I won't. I, I, I just don't need to go. I have no business there. We'd be surprised how few words we need in a time to be a true friend to someone and encourage someone. As simple as this is, I was watching this police detective show and the other day, and you know the, all the sound in the background and the voices, people talking, and you know how they do on, on the shows where something devastating happens to somebody and everything goes mute even though the sound should be still going on. And then this guy hangs his head on his desk and another guy comes up, sets a cup of coffee right by his head and just sits in the chair, doesn't even look at him, just looking straight ahead, and and everything about that just kind of just kind of said, I am I am here for you unconditionally. I am here and I'm not leaving. However, this happened. However, this meeting took place where Jonathan went to David. It's easy to see the success that could come from it that David's hand was truly strengthened in God. All Jonathan had to do was go. He, he went, and he went with faith, and he went and he encouraged his friends. He was a faith friend. We, we all need a faith friend. We all need to be built up in our faith for, number one, for the glory of God, but how about for God to use us in someone else's life to encourage them? You know, it makes you wonder how much, how much better, how much stronger, how much braver David was as a result of his friend coming by. I wonder in all of David's singing, how much that was inspired by what God did through Jonathan. Through all of David singing and, and praise to God, there's no doubt that there was praise that took place as a result of what he was praising God for, for sending him a friend. And, and I tell you what, this, is, this isn't over the top. This, this is what true friendship is. True friendship is to uplift another. If you're a friend of another, there's, it's uplifting to them to be in your presence. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. A friend's not to make another friend dull. A friend is to keep another friend sharp. Jonathan went out to sharpen David to make him sharp, to make him better as a result of being in his presence. You know, when we depart from a friend, our aim in going and our aim when we leave, our thought when we leave should be able to be, I hope they're better than when I came into their presence. 
We ought to be strong in the Lord so we can go to another in a time of a divine appointment that God would give us so that we can make them strong. David was a faith friend. And then we'll look at David as a forgetful friend. That sounds kind of negative, but it's actually one of the most beautiful things about this visit that took place between David and Jonathan. You know, when you, when you think about Jonathan and his situation, he is the son of King Saul. Here David is appointed the king. David is in the wilderness. David may be weakening. Could there be anything more tempting than for Jonathan just to let him go or to do something to try to add to his destruction so that he can take up that throne and he can assume that honor and he can be, clean, uh, be king. You know, that's what most would do. That's the human mentality. I worked in a group of guys and man, I thought they were good friends. And then I was corrected when promotion time came and everything that was said about someone else so they could try to get the promotion. It's the human thing to put self first. There are a lot of relationships, a lot of friendships that suffer or a lot of friendships that never get to happen due to putting self first, due to selfishness that takes place. I don't know what kind of work God did in Jonathan's life, but you don't see a sign of that here. It's amazing whatever it is that God did in Jonathan. He was willing to give up and not even think about his hopes of the throne, deny himself, expose himself to possible death, forget the honor he could have, and be pleased to consider by faith, trusting God, that David, his friend, was going to take up that position. And he was so pleased at that thought that he went to his friend to strengthen his hand in God. It pleased him to consider David as king. So much so that within this visit, one way or another, it's easy to see that David was made to believe that God was going to see this through. That God appointed him as king and that God would make it happen. It's as, it's as though as Jonathan were to have gone out with that crown and taken it off of his head and put it on his friend's head. Saying, God is in the midst of all of this. What a beautiful visit. 